Welcome right to the Comedy on Edge Presents the Chat Show. I'm your host, Mark Williamson, and that's right, we're back. Well, every time I say we're back, I put up an episode, then we go missing, then we come back. Anyway, hopefully we'll be back for good. This week's a very special, well, they're all special. It's a very special episode. Basically, I, our guest today is the artist formerly known as Lester Diamond, making his debut appearance on the podcast as Andrew Paskin. Is it a phony name? Tax problems, marriage problems, running away. Who knows why? Well, we know. You've just got to listen to the episode to find out. Anyway, so check in. It was a lot of fun. We recorded in Westfield Food Court. So, and it's actually not too bad. So I'm not going to apologize for the sound because it actually sounds pretty good. Anyway, I'm recording this. If I sound like I'm rushing, it's almost neighbors time. Fans of the podcast know I love neighbors. Not, not, not the TV show. I just like to sit outside my window and watch my neighbors shower. No, I'm just kidding. My neighbors are 90. What? Anyway, I'm rambling here. Anyway, if you like the podcast, hopefully you listen to this on iTunes. I've put submitted it to it. Hopefully it gets back. If not, uh, I don't know where you're listening to it. No, you're listening to Stitcher Lips In. Um, basically, what I want to say is if you've got some feedback, let us know. Whatever you want to know. If there's a guest you want, if there's something you want us to talk about, if you're sick of us talking about cricket, wrestling, or obscure... When I say we, at the moment, the podcast is me, Lester or Andrew Paskin will be appearing from time to time, and Peter Mizell will be back, and you know it's who else will be appearing. So we'll have our regulars, we'll have guests, and we've got some new guests coming up that I'm pretty excited about. But if there's anything you want to know, there's many ways you can contact us. You can tweet at Comedy on Edge with some feedback. You can tweet me at MWOH44. You can email us at comedyonedge at yahoo.com if you're like, I'm a business and I want to chuck money at your way to sponsor us. Definitely get in touch, comedyonedge at yahoo.com. And yeah, let us know. And also, if you're a, com- I know there's a lot of comedians who listen to this podcast. If you want to appear on the podcast, get in touch. I'm happy to have a chat. Um, at the moment, time's a little bit limited, so we're not doing a lot of recording. But I can get, I can travel around some places and do some recording. So get in touch. Let us know. And yeah, we've also got some other stuff coming up. We've got some more live shows. We've got a new website launching soon. We've also got, I'm experimenting with Patron. Um, some of you who fans of other podcasts may know it's a way that I can get money. I'm not sold on it yet. So actually, if you want to tweet me at MWOH44, are you for or against Patreon? I'm indifferent at this stage. I feel i got lots of feelings on it. Um, I, like, I see positives and negatives, but you guys can decide that. So let us know what you thought. And your thoughts on anything too. Also something you should be thinking. Anyway, I'm rambling. I'm a rambling man. It's, it's almost neighbor's time. So oh, I before Neighbours' family feud, we're going to see if they win the spoiler alert, if they're going to win the $10,000. I've just turned on, so I don't know anything about the family. Oh, it's, yeah, I'm a nice-looking family. Oh, 100, they need 60 points off the final one. I don't know if they can do it. Anyway, that's enough from me. I guess it's time to find out what's been happening in the world. It's been a while in the world of the artist formerly known as Lester Diamond. All right. Well, I don't know who I'm saying this to, but hit the music. Welcome right here to Comedy on Edge presents the chat show. I'm your host, Mark Williamson. And joining me today is, well, I don't know who he is. He's somebody I used to know. I used to know you as Lester Diamond. Who are you? I'm still Lester Diamond in spirit, but legally, I am what I used to be, which is Andrew Paskin. Um, now, is that your real name or is it just another invention? Um, 
I used to be a, uh, a, a, a common guest on the Comedy Edge podcast as Lester. Well, you're a, you're a recurring character. Is that a, <laughs> a you, you were part of the scenery? You know, I know I know Edge HQ. When we moved from Edge HQ, we had a bit of a clean out. There was mass redundancies, <laughs> but you sort of slipped by the way. It's funny that you kept your wrestling biographies and then dropped me. What's, what's happening? There? Well, they've got value. <laughs> But you've been so. When you got into comedy, you you went by the name Lester Diamond, which is clear. I was uh, in law then, criminal law. So you wanted to just separate the identities. I was very, very concerned about my um, dark humour, hack material, and um, filthy jokes being uh, attributed to um, people of uh, nefarious uh, means. <laughs> now that makes sense because I mean, it's fun. A former friend of the show, Francis Blair. That's not his real name. <laughs> former friend. Well, fast, yeah, he's still my friend. Big up, Francis. But he used to be on the show. Like, I didn't know. I just assumed that was his real name. But that sounds real. Mine sounds yeah, fake. Yeah, no. Well, yours is obviously... Well, no, people actually were surprised that it was fake. I still got that like now. Who? Just comedians. Well, comedians are dumb for a start. Yeah, yeah. Like, let's be honest. Hello, big shout out to all our future <laughs> former guests. But they're always like, uh, oh, I thought that was your real name. Like, what sort of parent calls their fucking kid Lester? <laughs> Lester, yeah, it's it's an old school name. It's a it's, it's a 1970s um, Hell's Angel uh, Ultimate fucking riot name. Wasn't one of the, wasn't one of oh, I was the Graham the Munster from um, Underbelly. I'm thinking <laughs> that, that generation yeah, yeah. had Lester. It's Lester. Like Graham Neville Lester. <laughs> no. Actually, I've got a friend of the family. He he's in his 60s. His name is Les. I assume it's Lester. I don't Les know. Leslie, usually they are. Yeah, Leslie. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Les. Warren. Warren. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a whole, like with women too, you're never going to get a young, uh, any girls called Beryl or Gertrude. <laughs> oh, Gertrude maybe, but I think at the generation of Beryls. When I started playing golf as a teenager at Toronto Country Club. You're a lonely boy. Um, <laughs> There's a woman golfer named Beryl Beasley. <laughs> Beryl, but she was a 60-year-old woman, well, I guess. Well, 80. Yeah, she, 80s. But she, but she still hit the ball at 160 yards. It was amazing. She's just a stocky lady? Just, yeah, stocky power. Stocky, yeah. Frizzy permed hair? Frizzy white. Yeah. <laughs> she would have been, you know, she would have had a shandy after the game. Beryl Beasley. I'm Beryl. Going. Big shout out. Anyone out there? I know there's a few people who are having kids or in that. Call your kid. Bring back Beryl. Bueller. Bueller. Well, there's um, former wrestler Bueller McGillicuddy, <laughs> Bueller, who's married to Tommy Dreamer. There's a Bueller. But yeah, so, so Andrew Pascoe, if I call you Lester, I apologise, but... Uh, you're one of the ones that still calls me Lester, which well, I don't mind. We recorded, I've been working, you're on about 60 or 70 of these podcasts, and I refer to you quite a bit, because I also knew you and Andrew Barnett. And I remember when you got you guys came onto the scene at the same time, and one of us has done better than the other. That's true. That's true. <laughs> um, but like Andrew Paskin, Andrew Barnett, very easily. I think I had you in the phone a few times. I've texted by mistake. So after that, I put your your Lester's because it just stops the yeah, yeah. the confusion. Well, I don't mind it because like, to me it was um, in my head it was like an alter ego. You know, Slim Shady. <laughs> Slim Shady. I like that you start the alter ego before you have an ego. That's always a good look. So I thought, like, getting back to Francis, I found out, Francis is a good friend of mine. I didn't know it, was his re- it wasn't his real name. You know how I found out? We are at the shops one day, and he said, oh, man, I've got to go to the um, chemist. And he goes, now, they're going to call me by the name Tim Blair. And I'm like, okay. Well, that's a politician's name, isn't it? Well, I thought, because I thought to myself, is he doing some dodgy thing for pills here? Like, why, why would you give a fake... And then he explained to me, when he started comedy, he was a bit, wasn't that confident. And there was also a Jacques Barrett, because his name's Tim Barrett. No, he's not... Yeah, I've just given him the wrong name. 
Barrett is his real name. So he didn't want, and he thought, oh, I'll go with Francis because, you know, you're a six foot four. Anyone, Google image Francis. I'll put a picture up of him. He's a big guy, so naturally if it's Fra- But now to me, he's Francis. Like if he went back to being Tim, it wouldn't take with me. Like you, you'll always be Lester to me. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? It's like it actually really suited me in the end because the actual character that I took it off from the movie Casino <laughs> is, <laughs> is my essence. Is your essence. Well, you did suit the Lester. And then I thought... Because when, when you started going back to Andrew Pascal, I'm like, oh, he's cleared his debts. The debt collectors don't need to know anymore. <laughs> well, speaking of clearing your debts, you've, been, you've just been to Japan. Yeah, well, I was accruing more debts over there. Oh, but, good. Um, Tokyo you and I, between, with, with our credit rating, we travel a lot. I know, it's amazing. We shouldn't even be allowed out of the city. I mean, I, I, um, I should be in the circus, the amount of juggling I do with credit cards. I've got about six of them. But um, <laughs> Tokyo oh. is the best, right? Best city, but it's fucking cheap. It's really? Like, compared to Sydney... Now like, anything's cheap compared to Sydney. I mean, you remember the old days Tokyo was considered, oh my God, Tokyo is so expensive. New York City, Tokyo. Tokyo is like half as cheap as Sydney. What, I heard the accommodations... Pre- actually, I should before we get into our Tokyo discussion, you may be hearing some background noise and we might be talking in different volumes. We're recording this one live from a Westfield food court. <laughs> Basically, my recording studio kind of fell through and I needed something short notice. I'm like, heck, it's a food court. It's six o'clock. Who's here at a food court? There's a few more people than I thought. So, <laughs> big shout out to Westfield. If you want to sponsor the show, um, and if you're thinking, hang on, you've got to pay something, I just paid four fifty for a Coke. <laughs> so, how much is a Coke in Tokyo? Coke would be 160 yen, which is two bucks. Two bucks. What about accommodation? What, what are you looking at a night? Oh, well, it depends where you stay. I was staying in a... You would have been um, in a, like a, one of those... I, w- I was staying in a hotel so small, it was in a different dimension. It was fucking... It was a capsule hotel? No, but it felt like one. But um, I was staying in one, it was like... It felt like an um, airport bathroom. Oh, nice. <laughs> I, um... Well, you, Airline bathroom, sorry. Andre the Giant, um, sadly not a friend of the show, because he died before we started this. Wouldn't he have been a great guest? But anyway, he used to travel in Japan, and Andre's... like. You're a pretty big guy. What are you, 6'2", 6'1"? 6'2", yeah. Yeah, 6'2". Andre's about 7 foot. And about... Yeah, so it's... you. Did you struggle with like with size? Yeah, I did, actually. It's like... um, It's just like the bathrooms and everything like that. Everything's small and you hit your head on a lot of things. But, um, I mean, it's not quite as bad as it was in the old days. Could like you then. go to the toilet in the, over in Japan? <laughs> yes, I did. Well, Andre physically couldn't fit into the stall. So he used to just take his craps in bathtubs. <laughs> Lovely, isn't it? <laughs> would, that, would that be great for the housekeeping? It's like, oh, Mr. Giant, what a mess. <laughs> Andre the Giant. We've got plenty of Andre the Giant stories. He also uh, could, could put away a few uh, sakis, they tell me. Oh, he, he could. He could drink, drink quite a bit. Uh, wine was his poison, I think. What about that? Like the fact that you can be like a giant and an alcoholic. <laughs> well, you just assume that he's just such a big guy, but also like the stories of him—he's been drinking for about thirty odd years. Like, as you know, you—you've you, had a bit of sauce. You've been on the sauce bit in your time. I, I used to be a former Andre the Giant. <laughs> yeah, but you know—you know what it is. Like, like I—I I, I rarely drink at the moment. And the other night, like I had a cocktail. We were somewhere, and there's a bartender now mixing up my next one. I um had a cocktail, and. It, I, I got a bit. I got a bit of a buzz on. I'm like, oh, this is. This, but you know, that years ago, that wouldn't have happened. Yeah, that's right. You got to be in training. Yeah. So Andre, just his whole life, he trained for well, an early death, as it turns out. Well, he, but he had the um, he had the sort of benefit of knowing. I wouldn't say it's a major benefit, but knowing he was going to die young, so he had to live life hard. Well, he did. He lived. I mean, but then again, he's also you're a seven foot dude in a world designed for fight. Well, let's be honest. I mean, I'm six two. I'm with the same height. It's not designed... We're slightly too tall for this... For what the city... We're not too bad in Sydney, but 
I found like as I travelled this year to Germany and London, London, a lot of old places, so not designed for our size. Absolutely. Even the rocks. The rock, yeah, that's true. Which is down the road from where we are. But yeah, so what? So you, how long are we in? How long are we in Japan? A few weeks. A few weeks. Um, Tokyo mainly, or you Tokyo, went? I went up north for a bit. The place called Sendai, which is known for their beef tongue. That's their specialty up there. Oh, nice. And um, that was really cool. But I mean, I just ate like a pig. And you, put are you on adventurous five in your eating, or yeah? Like, but Japan. Like when we talk adventurous, Japan's pretty far out there. Yeah, I mean, um, I draw the legs at like frogs and that sort of thing in France. You know, that, that type of thing. Um, I'm not that adventurous, but I'll, take, I'll, t- I'll try the local delicacies. I went to Singapore on the way back and had some stingray and stuff like that. Sting- Shout out to Steve <laughs> I felt bad about that. You knew it as soon as you said it. What, um, what was the most adventurous you had in Japan? Because um, I heard like a friend of ours read, and this to me sounds all levels of wrong. I'm not, I'm not an adventurous eater. I don't like sashimi. Do you I eat a sashimi that. person? Loads of that. It was beautiful. Would you have eaten, and a friend did eat in Japan, chicken sh- sashimi? No, it's raw chicken. Yeah, in Japan apparently it's a real delicacy. So if you went in there, obviously you didn't go chicken sashimi. I, I didn't even know it existed. If I did know, I would have tried to get a ban. <laughs> yeah, well, it's because it's like raw. I assume they're curating it or something because you just can't slice off a bit of and go, oh, surface tent stuff's surface area is so low, we'll get... um. You know, there won't be any salmonella on this bit. <laughs> but, um, yeah, the food there is amazing. Like, but everything is green tea. So I had, like, what I was doing was getting all the junk food. Of course. So, How many Kit Kat flavors did you have? Well, I, I, I bought four bags of green tea Kit Kats to take home, ate them all, had to replace them, <laughs> ate them all, had to replace them. <laughs> but it just green tea? You didn't go for any? Oh, I had, I had a whole bunch of stuff. So, they, I mean, they, they, they got some funny flavors. But I had a green tea Magnum. I had a... Um, uh, all sorts of weirdo stuff. But what about Fantas? Because like, there's apparently a lot of Fanta flavours over there. Yeah, I didn't get into that. But, um, you know, they've they, they, they got all different sort of uh, weirdo drinks, milk tea. I, I had... Um, Calpus. I, I had a um, snow pea thick shake. How was that? There's one sort of pop-up store which is just serves two things. A large snow pea thick shake and a small snow pea thick shake. So it's just like a vanilla thick shake Made with snow peas, so it's got this hint of um, sweet snow pea. Fucking delicious. Oh, wow. Yeah, wow, so that's nice. I wonder who's thinking that. Like, you know, this thick shake needs a bit of snow pea. I went there looking good and come back looking like a beach ball. But the um, uh, very convenient city. Everything's like transport's amazing. Like, I mean, sightseeing is amazing. I did some whale watching at Tokyo Fish Markets. <laughs> they just lay there. It's great. Did you eat any whale? <laughs> no, I didn't, I didn't. Did you see it for sale? I didn't know, no. But I mean... Um, you didn't go to any scientific purposes? No, um, I was just doing some research there. <laughs> oh, wow. That's, that's, so you'd, you'd, go, you'd recommend Tokyo? Yeah, well, I'm a Japan... Japanophile? Yeah. It's all, what is it? Is it the culture? Is it well, the, I started learning it in year five. Oh, so you spoke the language? A little bit. How did you... Did it get you by? Yeah, yeah. I mean... Um, well, you didn't get shot, so that's Everybody wouldn't have guns there. Don't they? Get a samurai sword oh, that's the guts. Right. But um, I did. Well, I was. Um, it's a twenty-four hour city, so you know. I mean, I'm a night person, so mm. I was just out like fucking till six in the morning and stuff. It was great. Wow. So, so definitely, what Japan? If you want to slow it down, get Mike Baird over there and <laughs> shut the whole city down. 
And what else did you get up to there? Did you take in some cult, anything of cultural significance? Um, not really. I was supposed to. I was supposed to go to the baseball. I didn't go to the baseball. Did you go to wrestling? No, new, no, I was trying try to go to New Japan Pro Wrestling. Oh. Missed out in the sumo. Just basically, all I did was walk around and eat and like meet people. Sounds like a good trip. Yeah, make uh, any friends over there? Yeah, loads of friends. Yeah. yeah. What, what was your opening line? I'm Lester. Oh, I'm Andrew. <laughs> See, there you go. I'm Andrew. Give me. A, how you doing? I met, I met some interesting people. I've been Sendai. There's this bloke called um, what's his name? Oh fuck! I had some funny name. It was, it was a Englishman from Brixton with like um, a West Indian guy with long dreadlocks. Charlie or something? I'll find his name. But he, he's, he's the king of Sendai. The and, king uh, of Sendai? So he, he had all these bars up there and stuff. So he met me in the street. He was blind drunk. I was stone and sober. And he's going, what's wrong, man? You look, you look like you're lost. <laughs> Which I was. And he and, said, did you try Harry Krishna? And he goes, come out with me. I'm going to take you out and fucking this, that and the other. So like, you know. It took me at a restaurant with all these like you know, hot chicks and stuff and blah blah blah. So it, it, it took me around Sendai and showed me the showed me the sides. That wasn't very cool. Did you at any point worry for your safety or kidneys? Uh, I mean, like I'm, I, I don't, and it turns out all right. I mean, I'm I like meeting people when I'm traveling, but I'm a bit hesitant to just think, yeah, let's go out for a tour of the place with a drunk dude from England <laughs> when we're in Japan. I've, I've lived a reckless life, you know that. Well, I know um, that, and, so, and that's why I'm like, I'm so amazed I, that you still haven't learnt. So to me, it's like, um, I'm going to find the picture of this bloke's name, I feel bad now. We'll po- we'll, we might post it or tag it into the Comedy on Edge postcard. Ernie, um, Ernie's Bar, look, look up Ernie's Bar Sendai. Ernie's Bar Sendai. So he's got a whole bunch of bars up there, and he prides himself on like matchmaking people, so he's always got wedding photos of people that he's like, introduced. That's a real character. So I guess what you're saying, if you're a lonely man or girl and you want to meet your match, go to Sendai Japan. Ask for, is it is his name Ernie? Ernie, or yeah. Ernie of Ernie, the unofficial mayor of Sendai of Ernie's bar. What's the, like when we're talking like Tokyo is a massive, massive city. What's Sendai? Are we talking city well, this town? Is the thing? I thought it was going to be the fucking country. I get up there, it's about as big as um like Brisbane or something. Like yeah, so it's a fair size <laughs> town. Fair size still, but surrounding areas is country. Oh, no. Mountains or... Yeah, so it's sort of like, it's sort of like Newcastle size maybe to Sydney. Okay. But it's only an hour and a half on the, on the bullet train, but it's 600 or 700 k's up the, up the road. Yeah, but that bullet train, that go, that's probably, yeah. Yeah, amazing. How, how does it feel? Like, because we went, I went on the channel or the channel, the cross, <laughs> that, and that was a pretty fast train. And it was so fast, it, it made you forget English. <laughs> what does, what does the, um, what is the, well, like, what's a bullet train hit? I don't know, at least 300 or something. Yeah, and and you, it, how's it feel? Is it a good smooth ride? Smooth as anything, quiet as anything. Yeah. You don't even really notice it. Oh, nice. And so, I mean, I, I, that was one of my dreams is to go on that, and I did it. So. so you're crossing a lot off your bucket list, aren't you? The bucket list used to have nothing on it. Now it's got a few things on it. Yeah, no, it used to, it used to be an empty bucket with a hole in it. <laughs> and just that was your life saving away. And now you're on, vomit in it, really. Yeah, bucket bong list, actually. It was. So what, you've, you've traveled now. You've, you've, been, you've done Europe, haven't you? Uh, I would say I've done it. I've, I've been to a few joints. Been to a few um, joints. You've been done to Ameri- You've been to America. Yeah, but only been to LA for a little bit. So I, I think you went to Vegas, didn't you? I'd love to go to America. No, no Vegas, mate. No, <laughs> I thought you went to Vegas. No like, Vegas ever. <laughs> no, I know that. I know now. Like, I know. I know. I know there are reasons why. Well, now you bring it up. Maybe we can go. Oh yeah. Well, let's let's we'll do a live podcast. One of the casinos put us up there. There's a very real chance if you take bad checks, you'll make a fortune off Leicester. This trip could pay for itself. I'd love to go to America. You've been to America yep. and um, done a whole lot of traveling there. I would love to do that, but I'm too scared to go. Trump or guns? Both. See, this thing... Guns that, only, but... 
Guns, though, in California and New York, which are the two states that I, I went to spend most time, there are gun restrictions. That's what they don't let you, let you in on. It's free in America to the right to bear arms, but they are actually restricted. Like, you can't... San Francisco, you can't buy guns in the CBD. So it's not, it's not as bad as you think. I mean, you say that. You know, we live in Sydney. You're a gambling addict. There's, oh, sorry. You're from, you've... You've, you've had your issues with the demons. Yeah, but that mean... Um, but you, you try and walk around Sydney CBD or C- anywhere in New South Wales and not see pokey machines. If you're having a bad day, just try it. Walk home from the train tonight. You'll park there everywhere. I'm well aware of that. That's the worst thing about this city, but... Um, or this state. This yeah. country. Country. But, um, except for Perth. They don't have them in the... Um, oh, Perth? In the pubs. Yet. But, um, yeah. <laughs> but... Um, at least poker machines aren't going to like kill you immediately. Like they'll kill you long term. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll do, they do it slowly. <laughs> but I mean, like you can't, you can't think that. I mean, you, you talk about Japan. Japan's had nuclear meltdowns. I mean, it's it's got like seven nuclear reactors and that, it's that, built on a fault line. They also had a mini um, a mini typhoon while I was there, which was very fucking serious. And um, Fred Ottoman was there. <laughs> Shout out to probably one wrestling fan who'll get that reference. It's funny you bring Typhoon up. I was watching this uh, um, countdown on YouTube, the top 10 wrestlers, some bloke's top 10 wrestlers, and he went through them all, Macho Man, you know, Stone Cold, whatever, and then number one comes up and he goes, Fred Ottoman, and he started off as, and he did his whole intro, and he goes, just fucking kidding. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, that. That's you've been rickrolled. For those who don't know, wrestling-wise, Fred Ottoman played Tugboat, Typhoon, Shockmaster, and Fred Ottoman. He was, successful, he was a successful... T- he was successful as a tag team wrestler, but yeah. Anyway, we'll get into wrestling. Would you prefer him as Tugboat or Typhoon? Well, did you know the original plans for Tugboat? I only found this out... Res- if you're a wrestling fan, and there are a lot of wrestling fans who listen to this podcast, um, listen to Something to Wrestle With. It's a podcast with Bruce Pritchard, where a former WWE writer, where he talks about the behind-the-scenes stuff. It's so good. And I got this off that podcast. Listen to it. Do you remember when Sergeant Slaughter turned on America and yeah. fought Hulk Hogan in the middle of the Iraq War? Did With you know Sergeant Slaughter wasn't the original? They weren't planning for him to be the Iraqi sympathizer. For it was supposed, yeah, it was supposed to be Tugboat. It was going to be Sheik Tugboat, managed by the Sheik. They'd set it up for him to be the best to turn on him. For those who don't know, the WWE, they've come a long way. 1991 or 92, whenever the first Iraq invasion of Kuwait, there was a bit of, there was tension. There was tension. So the WWE had a character, Sergeant Slaughter, an American hero. If you've ever had a G.I. Joe, it's based on Sergeant Slaughter. They turned him as an Iraqi sympathizer and it didn't go down well. <laughs> but then they, they turned Iron Sheik, an Iranian, into Colonel Mustafa, an Iraqi. <laughs> yep, and yeah, Sheik Adnan al is General Adnan. And they did it. You know, Hulk Hogan, the real American, conquered him. But it was supposed to be chic tugboat. Fair I mean, I mean, you and I are both at WWF history buffs, and fucking, it's so funny, especially the racial insensitivities. <laughs> oh, look, w- wrestling is—it's funny. Some days, like when wrestling's done well, it is like Shakespeare. It is there's an element of drama, but when it's not, it's just like all in the all Kingswood. It's so racist, <laughs> you know. Like, like it used to. It was not that long ago that when a Japanese wrestler would attack, or someone would attack from behind, it'd be called a Pearl Harbor. <laughs> you know, um, you know, if someone pulled something like a pair of brass knucks or a lead pipe out of, oh, it's a foreign object. It's, it is a really, really. It's, it's it, when you dig deep. It's, in, it's an awful industry. <laughs> 
Speaking of awful industries, Australian cricket team culture, what's going on with that? Well, it's also coming out. Um, big shout out to Colin Funky Miller, Comedy on Edge's favourite friend of the show, podcast friend of the show. Hopefully, he's in Nevada. Like we've got to get over. There. I know we'll keep we'll lock. You'll be Hannibal Lecter style on the trip <laughs> over to see Funky. We'll keep you. Funky will look after you, buddy. Wheel me around the He is like Ernie's Bar in Nevada. Fun, f- Nevada is Funky Millertown. Miller it's Millertown. Miller time in Millertown. We'll get you over there. But yeah, Michael Clark is just... Have you read the book? Have you read the excerpts? I wouldn't read that if it fucking was the last book on earth. I want to read it. Like My, Michael Clark, I, I always thought he was a bit of a tool. I mean, he did his interview on 60 Minutes recently to... I don't know, improve his... Um, Sell books. No, to improve his image a bit as well, right? Like, he's not so much of a phony, he's, a, he's an everyman. To me, from what I saw, he come up as a, like, double the phoniness. <laughs> See, I think I've got a story here, and I won't name the now. I have a friend who's in media, and they interviewed Michael Clark. Now, this is a small interview. It was a TV interview. It was only five minutes. Clarko rocks up with his wife, which is fair enough. You know, you're in this... You're recording in the studio. You bring your yeah, yeah. Well, no. We're not, well, let's leave the wife out of it. She's been pretty nice. Um, he rocks up with a wife, two publicists, and two makeup artists <laughs> for a five-minute interview. Now, that's this guy has interviewed politicians, very big name acts. He's never had anyone rock up with an entourage like that. Do you do you ever think Ian Chappell would have rolled up with two makeup artists? <laughs> oh, he probably would have cracked on to two makeup artists. You know, is. But I, I think, see, I think, I've, I've, I, I'm, I do plan on reading his book. I think Michael Clark was the new generation, like Generation Y, when, when he came into the team, he was very young compared to the, the regulars, and it was a generation clash. And he, of all the people in the team, he could have taken, you know, Ponting, one of the War Twins, someone, Adisa McGrath. He latched on to Shane Warne, who is, let's face it, a bogan. Yeah, but, I mean... Um, bogan, they're both bogans If he didn't money. have Warnie's support, he'd have no one's support. No, well, he wasn't popular. But, I mean, that's... Cricket, though, is... Like, in a team sport, not everyone's going to get along, which is okay. No, but I just think it was... They had their own... Well, I mean, a bit of a macho culture, I suppose, but it was a it was a battler's culture. It's Steve War, you know, Mark Taylor, these guys, AB, was getting there and have a dig for the country and put yourself... Uh, put a team before yourself. Yeah. And he comes in... And it's all about like corporate answers and fucking blonde tips and earrings. Blonde tips weren't a good look. And fucking. Did you ever have blonde tips? No. No, I I, I just have blonde hair. Really? Like what? Like Eminem style bleach? (laughs) No, no, I was blonde. Are you like you were. I I was. Till I was five, I had blonde hair and then it changed. I had white hair when I was five and I had like progressively darker. Did you ever have a rat's tail? To grey, yes, I did. You did? 1988, I had a... <laughs> oh, wow. Is there any photos of that? But don't worry. I graduated to an undercut, so no, it was oh, all... Under- all I all, never got... It was all fine. <laughs> I went... The undercut was in fashion. I went to a private school in year six, and there was restrictions. Like, you get any haircut, you get... The headmaster will, show, will give you a crew cut to fix it. So there was no, no undercut. There was one kid who had an undercut, but he hid it well. But yeah, no, we didn't get away with that. And Undercut's like a rat's tail that's got out of control. <laughs> the rat's tail. I saw a little kid a couple of months ago walking around with a rat's tail. I'm like, is it child abuse or <laughs> is it just... I'd, I'd prefer a rat's tail than a bowl cut. Uh, also known at our school as a penis head. Penis, a penis head. <laughs> the bowl, yeah, we had a few bowl cuts in the time. Because it, it used to be that was, that was a cheap thing. You put the bowl on the head, cut it round. Well, no, that was the style. It was done by a hairdresser. So oh, really? It's a, a, really, it's a faux bowl well, cut. Wasn't it like, is it a, because you look at old pictures of the Beatles. They saw the Beatle mop. That's kind of a bowl. That's a mop top. It's a just, mop top. It's not a, 
This is like there's a picture of Conor McGregor went around um, the UFC fighter recently when he was 12 and he had a massive bowl cut. I thought he used to be bullied. I thought, fuck, I think the bullies on this occasion were correct. <laughs> well, I think of there you go. If you want your son to grow up a UFC fighter, give him a. Do you reckon that's what Conor got got him into the sport? It's like I have to fight or I'm just going to be permanently <laughs> fight wedged. <or> fight, yeah. <laughs> uh, did you watch? Um, speaking of UFC, did you watch Sam Punk? No, I didn't. So he got beat up, did he? Oh, it was bad. That's sad. Uh, I, I love seeing the wrestlers do well. Yeah, I did too. Like I actually special. Like I, I, I occasionally watch. I don't US. watch it, but I mean, I, I did. I went to the pub just to watch that match. Yeah. Basically, for those who don't know, and I, I realize we were really sport heavy tonight. I like that. But not every, not all the listeners. CM Punk's my favorite wrestler who became a UFC fighter. He made his debut and he got his ass kicked. The fight was. He looked so confident coming out. Like, they played cults of personality. He got to the cage, and he just nodded like, this is where I belong. And he walked in, and in that moment, I thought, this guy, like, the guy who was fighting was a relatively new fighter. And the if you haven't watched, listened to the I'm going to give it away here, but it's, it's a two-minute fight. The young, like, the guy who was fighting was clean cut, big but not too big, like, the same weight class. You thought, I think Punk's going to get him. And Punk came out, he attacked, so like he took in, and I'm like, oh, he's got, and then, then he, he attacked so open, I'm not a fighter, I've never thrown a punch in my life, but even I could have got through his guard, and he went to the ground, he fought it off, and there was that moment where the guy punch, was punching the crap out of him, and the punch, guys, you could see him thinking, I can knock him out, or I can choke him out, and then at last, it, to Punk, Punk probably got 30 seconds more than he should have because the guy choked him out. I wonder if um, he, was, he was there thinking like, it's like WWF when he's just whispering, going like, yeah, su- suplex next, off the ropes. <laughs> I think he would have wished for that because it was, it was pretty, like it wasn't the most brutal fight, but it was like, there's no way this guy, I mean, two, it, took, it took him two years training and he got his butt kicked. Credit for doing it, but I mean, it's got to be brave to get into that. That's violent. They're violent animals, in my opinion. But but um, I don't watch it. But from what I can gather, you make one mistake in that environment, then then you sort of lose if you're on the ground or whatever. So maybe he comes back next time and he's well with him. I think he's. I would. And this is here. I'm. I'm an armchair quarterback. I know. I've never been in a ring. I've watched a bit of UFC, not a lot. It looked like his whole approach to the fight was wrong. Like, he attacked, and... Because when you attack in UFC, you leave yourself open. I haven't saw the fight. I don't watch UFC, but I'm prepared to agree with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, there you, go, there, you, there you go. So, general consensus is... I like, we're up-to-date sports commentators. I mean, the match only happened about a month ago, so... But, uh, well, speaking of UFC, Brock Lesnar, the, yeah. um, the mayor of Suplex City, um, I'm not sure it's an official title, but he got done for the steroids or the performance enhancing drugs yeah which is no surprise looking at the bloke but major tarnish on both sports well is it i mean because at the as it stands he hasn't like it's still it hasn't he hasn't been banned yet um because it's the hearing but he will not be banned but the w the, do you know what the wwe find him five hundred dollars <laughs> <laughs> now this is like in ufc he's probably going to get a two-year ban from the sport but the guy made $6 million for the fight. $500. That's well, like, that, that's um, almost what they charge for a Coke at Westfield Food Court. But well, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. Big shout out. I won't name the business that just charges four fifty for a bottle of Coke, not a can. Um, but uh, I heard now he's going to be fighting uh, Goldberg again in the, in the WWE. Yep. Now, there's a guy who's never touched performance enhancing drugs. <laughs> there's a clean skin. I really hope if we do go to Las Vegas, Nevada, we're not. I hope if we don't get any wrestlers, don't go back and listen to this episode. I never liked Goldberg. Are you a Goldberg fan? Um, 
I, I did. I liked it when it came out at the time. It was exciting, the streak and everything. To me, it just looked like, because I'm WWE loyal. WCW, NWA, it's second class to me. Goldberg, to me, always is like, it's almost like they've taken Steve Austin and crossed him with Ken Shamrock. It's... Oh, that's what I wanted to talk to you about. I, I saved this one for the podcast. It was uh, your favourite wrestler, CM Punk. Yep. Jeff Hardy, also a legendary high-flying wrestler with a lot of substance abuse problems. Yeah, which he's apparently he's cleared up. You um, would have saw what I put on Facebook a while back was the, um, was the uh, rant, the, the, the drug-affected rant of Jeff Harvey shooting, which is real talk, yeah. on CM Punk. You saw that clip? No, I haven't. Oh, Jesus. What's he, what, what's he, what's, what's he saying? They're in a diner, Matt and Jeff Hardy, and, and Jeff's, both of them are drug-affected. And he's, he's got a camera, a camcorder in his face, and he's doing a, a shoot rant, which is like a promo, but it's for real. And he's going, CM Punk, you're a fucking nerd, bro. I made you. <laughs> oh, yeah, because, well, CM Punk is straight edge. He doesn't yeah. drink, doesn't do drugs. So he, was, he was saying, your way is not the right way, brother. <laughs> I guess you can follow me, I'll show you the promised land. He's doing all this sort of stuff. But I'd like to get your opinion on that. you have to watch that for next Oh, we'll time. have to have a look. I mean, for me, Jeff Hardy, Jeff Hardy is a very talented wrestler who... I think he would be, put it this way, CM Punk at 40 could retire tomorrow with a lot of money. Don't think, Je- oh, Jeff Hardy, Jeff Hardy lives in North Carolina, CM, so he probably could, but it wouldn't be as, put it this way, Punk's got a more successful career. Jeff Hardy would have a, 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 at least a double wide trailer. Yeah, he, well, his trailer burnt down. That's what <laughs> led him to relapse. Like, he lived in a, tra- his trailer burnt, and his dog died in a fire. And so it's very, I mean, anyone's dying like that, it's a yeah. fire, but you know. So big sh- all the meth heads out there, don't if you light up, do it outside, not in your caravan. Caravan trailer? What I don't get why they call it a trailer. What's well, like they call um they call a, a boot a trunk. What's going on? <laughs> boot a trunk. The um oh, there's oh, I learned a new one the other way. A double wide. Have you heard of that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, double wide trailer when the trailer's two. That's apparently that's what you aspire to in the trailer park. <laughs> so there you go. Do you See, I remember growing up, my aunt and uncle went through a time where they were living on the coast, he was a builder, and there was a housing shortage. They lived in a caravan I've park. I've caravans in my family. Yeah, we have too. I, like, I, always, I remember as a kid, it's it was always so like, like someone's wayward son, my cousin would be in a caravan up the backyard, just, just smoking pot, you know. <laughs> but, were, but I mean, like, caravan parks, we used to go caravanning as kids, it was so much fun. Your house could move, you drive there. One of the best holidays I ever had was um, with a sort of bunch of families from school. We went to a place called Lake Monmora, which was a caravan park. That's the caravan park my auntie and uncle lived in for a time. Wow, yeah. Well, that, Lake Monmora. It's now, yeah. In, yeah, it's Lake, Lake, Lake Macquarie Central Coast area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that's not too far from my house, like half hour or something. But So, the whole bunch of families went there one year. It might have been year five or something. And it's just they had like, a, like all paved roads. They had a BMX track. They yeah. had a... Amusement room with video games. Yeah. They had a pool, a water slide. It was fucking awesome. We were probably this is pretty because I'm with Tassie in Newcastle. I'm trying to think. If, we went up when I was in about year three, I think. So no, it would have been actually. Yeah, I can tell you, it was '89. Jeez, Tasmania to Lake Melbourne is a bit of a trek. Oh, it was, well, it was it was the wedding. We went up for a wedding, so get in the car, cross the Spirit of Tasmania, drive up, did Sydney to Lake Melbourne in a day. Probably not my dad's best decision. The Spirit. <laughs> It's <laughs> a fucking long day. Stop, revive, survive, Mr. Williamson. <laughs> <laughs> Looking back, I'm like, I don't think my dad was a spillhead. Maybe he was. That was a long, literally get off the boat at like 6 a.m. You know, you get lunch. We had lunch at Albury. 
And then, you know, next thing you know, we hit Sydney. Then, we're, you know, it's like, oh, we hit Sydney. Oh, can we stay? No, another two hours up the coast. Who was your dad? Joey Ramone? Fucking... <laughs> hey, ho, let's go. <laughs> um, I was going to say, I had a thought about Tasmania. I don't know if this joke's been done, but like, no one should be going to the doctors there because they're, like, eating an apple a day. <laughs> <laughs> Healthcare is not a problem. It's good to see you waking <laughs> up, yeah, eating an apple a day. What? I would say you, you swerved me there when you said a Tasmanian joke. I'm used to people when they go, oh, you're from Tasmania, telling, oh, you're inbred, uh, incest, all that crap. So I thought, oh, here we go. He's going to hit me with an incest. But you went with a quite, no, that's a nice joke. I've, take, I've taken the high rate on the apple a day. Yeah, uh, inoffensive. Keeps the doctor away. <laughs> an apple a day. Uh, keeps your sister away. No. What about the um, spirit of Tasmania? There's got to be a joke in there about just like, it's just a boat with its head down and like really depressed. Spirit of Tasmania. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, you know, you, know, you can bag Tassie all you like. Name... Thank you. Yeah, go for it. You know, look, you've, we've got a pretty Ricky Ponting, David Boone, revered people. Yeah, more revered than our friend Michael Clark. Yeah, I mean, I, I th- I'd put pa- Ponting. What, what do you think Booney thinks of t- Clark? Seriously, he's a tosser. I mean, he, um, Clark would drink fifty-two Midori and lemonades on a fucking flight from London. I think Booney would be like, like I reckon, if if it was eighty-nine ashes, Booney would be because back then you could smoke on planes too. Booney would be just. He'd be sinking tinnies and just throwing the empties into Clark's seat. <laughs> Clark would be like, Mr. Boone, can you not do that? And Boone would just throw it. That would just be just sink a tin, throw it over onto Michael Clark. But like it, it coincides with the era of media training and in inverted commas, like footballers as well, with this, this bullshit um, like fake answer, prepared answer media training, which they think makes them look sharp and it makes them look really dumb. Yeah, but see, I, I'm gonna like. I think, I mean, having the snippets I read with Clark, I think to an extent, he has been a bit misinterpreted. Like, I think he's not. I just don't think he's what we think of a cricketer. Like, he's not Booney. He's not Steve War. Yeah. He's not blunt. He's honest. But he's, he, like, he's lucky. He was one of the greatest batsmen of a generation. Yeah, if he, he wasn't was a, a batsman, batsman, he would have been like. I mean, because there's been stories of that, like Dean Jones. Well, he's one of my favourite cricketers. He didn't have the long test career because he rubbed a few people out the wrong way. Well, but, but here's an example of Clark. He's come out in the book saying, yeah, like um, me and Caddo were sweet. We had a beer and it's all sweet. Caddo's come out and Caddo's just come out in the paper this week and said, it's not sweet. We haven't had a beer. Yeah, no, no, it's true. Like, yeah, I get that. But I think, I mean, that, the whole story's come out. For those who don't know, and I, I think by this point, if you're not a cricket or sport fan, you probably would have turned this podcast off. <laughs> Um, but I think, in, in all fairness, I don't want you as a fan. So okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. The backlash starts now. <laughs> Fuck off. Go listen to, go listen to the Nerdist. Well, just, just halved your audience, man. Yeah, yeah. What well, we've lost too. <laughs> but I mean, like, yeah. The whole thing is Cadditch and Clark's big dust up. But Clark actually said what he actually said to Cadditch to get him to fire up, because Clark. It was all about the team song. Clark wanted to play the team song so they could go. And Kadic and Huss were sort of doing the thing like, oh, let's keep him waiting. Let's keep him waiting. Yeah, and but that's, that's his interpretation. Yeah, but, no, but Clark, I think Clark's pretty honest. Like, this is what he said. You be, you be Kadic, I'll be Clark. Clark's like, you guys doing this to spite me? And you go, I'll oh, settle down, settle down. Come over here, you weak C-bomb. Yeah. He called them. Now, that to me. Now, Simon Kadic, I'm pretty sure, is a black belt in Taekwondo. He's anything but weak. He's yeah, I mean, if someone, if someone comes up to you in a locker room, here we go with some locker room talk, eh, Donald Trump? <laughs> if someone calls you a weak C and well, challenges well, you... Well, did grab a pussy, so. <laughs> Yeah, he did, by the neck. <laughs> but, I mean, that, that's fighting talk. And then from there, Clark, let's see, my problem is he grabbed him by the throat and then Clark just ran off like a sook. I think he would have got more respect if he'd have taken a swing. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, Kadesh was, was was the embodiment of the Australian spirit. It's just a, like a guy that never threw his wicket away, tough guy, team player, and so, so was Hussey. And like they yeah. probably looked at this guy and thought, this guy's out for himself. Like fuck him. Well, this guy wants to go to some nightclub yeah. in the city. They're they're they're, they're older men. They're just like we're sitting in the SCG. We're sitting in the dressing sheds, just out sinking a few. We've won a test. Where it's it was Matthew Hayden's last test as well. That's why. That's what I'm talking about. It's really bad form, and um, in my opinion. But that's why I like Steve Smith, the new captain. Yeah, I like Smithy. So he's a, a Gen Y guy, but he's got the old school mentality, and he's a team guy. You can just tell looking at him. Yeah. No bullshit. Well, it's just like you know, you have a bad innings, you have a bad innings. You know, you you win, you celebrate, you lose, you take your medicine. If we had more Kadiches and Hussies in the team now... Um, well, they'd be, you know, we wouldn't be f- losing... Well, let's also talk about Shane Watson. Uh, another guy that rubs probably the, the viewers up the wrong way more than anything. I think with Shane... Like, I... Declaration. I have socially interacted with Mr. Watson when he was in Tasmania. We've got mutual friends... Good bloke. So, yeah, he's a good bloke. Very good bloke. But rubbed everyone up the wrong way with his sort of um, well, I think he's someone, pretty boy persona. Well, he, like, he's a, let's be honest, he's a damn good looking bloke. Adonis. He's, yeah, and when he was on his day, he's, he was bowling at 104. If injuries hadn't accrued him, he was on the same level as Callus, but he had a bad run with injuries, which you don't see that much in cricket. It's more football you get. You know, you'll have a guy who'll have a really good season, does his knee, it's over. Unless it's um, Patterson and... Um, or Cummins, yeah. Cummins, yeah. Yeah, unless you're a fast bowler. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's a new, but even then, that's a new... The, oh, no, it's not. Because remember in the 80s, Bruce Reed. Oh, yeah. Bruce Reed was great. Like, took eight for 60-odd or something. To, to quote um, the author of Australiana, Billy Birmingham, um, in 12th Man, he's held together with sticky tape. <laughs> but Bruce Reed was like... He was about seven foot tall, back issues. They never got... Hit, we never saw the best of Bruce. But I remember the day when I saw Bruce Reed about 10 years later... And he was like, like fat. <laughs> he was the skinniest beanpole ever as a player. And then he was like fat. Well, you know what he does now? Like, I had a friend who played a bit of state. He got. He was on the fringes of the state team, and he used to play indoor cricket in the off season. And Bruce Reed's West Australia's indoor cricket coach. He's like, so he goes, you know, I'm playing cricket, and there's a the guy bowling Bruce Reed, this giant in an indoor cricket net. I don't know. I used to think, imagine how good it was a macro and would have been an indoor cricket because he had the run up short run, <laughs> which would have been perfect. Would you face Woozy Macram in an indoor cricket net with an indoor cricket ball? If I was wearing a, um, a suit of armour, yeah. I wouldn't. And if he just like, I remember watching Woozy Macram, it was just like so quick and yeah, all in the arm speed. I remember watching, it was very quick in between the bookies as well. No, I, <laughs> allegedly. Hey, I, I follow Woozy Macram. I don't think Wasim was doing that. No, I don't think he was pretty. He was just too good. Like, he would be in my grade. This could be a podcast for another time. But if I put together the greatest cricketers ever, my 11... He'd definitely be mine. He's, yeah, him and Kurtley Ambrose and McGrath are my pace bowlers. I had that same three. Yeah, and Warren is the fourth. Yeah, I had the exact same three. Yeah, I mean, Kurtley's the most intimidating bowler I ever saw, but Wuzim was just... You'd want that. Is and he'd w- handy with a bat, too. Is Wuzim Wuzim's twin brother we haven't heard of? Or? Remember, because it was like Wuzim Wacker, <laughs> Wacker Eunice. Wacker was pretty good, too. Um, I well, wasn't was ten times better than him, but uh, Wacker wasn't bad. Uh, yeah, but I mean, wasn't he had injuries too. Swing the ball both ways. Yeah, good looking bloke, <laughs> and he can throw a bat around. I think he has a Test double century. Yeah, I know, incredible, isn't it? Yeah, but um, it's funny that like uh, a lot of people was trying to, would always try and put in um, you know Dennis Lilly or someone, but I think McGraw was the man. Consistent line and length. But that that three that that four. Prong attack there. That's got such variation. Yeah, two of them with bounce, one of them with skid. 
Well, McGrath's, you, McGrath's going to hold your hand. Kirtley's going to be your attack dog. Wazim's going to be... So, you know, you get... You open with Kirtley. He's going to give the bouncer bouncer. McGrath's... They're gonna McGrath will take the wickets because I think oh we can have a go against this. Is guy. there anybody that can get photographed for the uh, front page of the News of the World with a giant plastic cock and two two to page three girls? Is there anyone on the team that can do that? <laughs> Warney, uh, Warney could probably do that. Warney could do that. Warney again. Well, Warney'd be there. Warney'd be a tr- but imagine that dressing room. Like, could you imagine put Michael Clark in that? Because Kurtley'd be just like sitting there brooding. See, it actually blows me away that Warney loves Clarky so much. Well, I think Shane, like, because I, I think Shane. Shane didn't get along with Steve Waugh, didn't get along with Gilchrist. Like, they played together, but I don't think well, they were... Well, saying that, he wasn't a team guy either, was he? Because he was no. such a selfish fucking... Um, well, Shane's a party boy. Like, Shane yeah. likes to party. Shane, whereas Steve Waugh's like, we drink. Gilchrist's a nice guy. Pretty, you know, oh, I'm everyone's mate. But he, he, He's a little bit on the Clarky side with the corporate <laughs> stuff, but, he's, but, 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 but not a dickhead. Yeah, but with Gilchrist, though, I think Gilchrist, Gilchrist would be sort of like, Shane would be like, oh, Adam, you want to go and have a sink a few beers? Oh, mate. We'll have three or four, but let's call it yeah, a nine. Yeah, absolutely. Warney's like, oh, come on, man, there's women over there. We've got to grab them by the... <laughs> but um, Gilchrist's one of my favourite players, but... I can... See, he'd be my wicketkeeper in my greatest. Yeah, me too. And I, and I can see why he would rub a few people out the wrong way, just being like a goody two-shoes. Yeah. But at least he wasn't arrogant on top of it, like Clark. Yeah. I think, and the other Ego, thing, more yeah. like it. I think Clark too started, like, Ponting started pretty young in the Australian team, and... Because remember, Ponting had a few incidences up the cross and all that. Yeah. But he sort of got not. I'd, wouldn't it surprise me if Booney took him aside one day? That, that's the thing. So, like, you, 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 you get a pass when you're 23, not when you're fucking 33. Yeah, like, I, I think the Australian cricket team, they should have one position to just a grizzle. Even if Booney comes back, bats at number six, stands at second slip, and his role in the team should just be to discipline. Like, you know, you know who's Mitchell Stark rocks up. Hey, Booney, mate, check out my new boots. They're fluoro pink. Booney, just give him a backhand. I go, nah. What about this idea? A wrestler's court style situation. Yes. But, but, but on, the, on the cricketer's court panel is AB, Chapelli, and Steve Waugh. And if you're, like a, if you're walking with blonde tips, like you get sentenced to well, fucking... We can, you can have, yeah, they're the panel. And <laughs> Warney, because I think Warney should be involved... Warney's got to be the defence lawyer. So if you get in trouble, <laughs> like, you know, you rock up to training. Warney reminds me of Chris Jericho. <laughs> Chris Jericho? No, he reminds me of... <laughs> the Miz. <laughs> the Miz. No, I've, uh, no, I'm just... Now you've got me. I'm gonna, I'll get back to you on who Warney reminds me of. He Bobby does. <laughs> nah, probably had a bit more class than Warney did. I think... I, I just, I've drawn a blank there. You've, thrown, you've stumped me there. You've come with a, with a, with a, with a flipper. <laughs> so there we go but yeah, I think you're onto something that's what the Australian cricket team needs a bit of discipline you know well the rugby league um, community has used the leadership group in inverted commas to, to great success <laughs> well, the AFL funnily enough they've used leading teams they've used the leadership and it has actually worked like you compare the scandals in AFL versus league it's quite low well, AFL, it's probably better to have a guy like a carpet lifter to put the put, put the scandals underneath. Yeah, sweep it under. Like, <laughs> but why does a league have that? Or is it just a case of the guys like I've only got two arms? No, no. Like, in league, they're too dumb to sweep it under the carpet. Yeah. In rugby union, they've they, they got education, so they can sweep their 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 uh, scandals under the carpet. Unless, unless you decide to go to the Malaysian Grand Prix and wear your budgie smugglers. <laughs> did you see that when you were in Japan? Did you wear your, your budgie smugglers? I'm anyway? very respectful and fearful of overseas laws in Japan. Japan's no picnic for fucking uh, no. Law either. Well, we mentioned it before. Chris Jericho, um, he 
he got in trouble in Japan. He was they were drunk one night walking out and they were smashing pots. And all of a sudden, this local guy who's a yakuza comes out and goes, "What are you doing? I'm going to fuck you up if you don't pay for these pots." And Jerry goes, "Like we learn our lesson after that. We don't you don't mess around." Yeah, I um. Did you see any yakuza over there? I, I I saw a couple of half-assed ones. Like they took me out. These girls took me out of this club. It should be this super club called Atom. And like I'm not a club guy. It's called what? The only clubs I used to go to were hang fucking on, hang on. Go back, go back. Go. It's called what? Atom. Japan. It's a club in... The situation. only country that has had an atom bomb <laughs> dropped on it has a nightclub called Atom. Yeah. Oh. But, was um, it the bomb? It was the bomb. I was, I, I, I'm not a club guy, right? No. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a pub rock guy. Yeah. So, but I was very, very impressed with like the the uh, the, the, the bullet dealers, the sheilers there. Yeah. And... Um, um, so, you know, so there's a few half-assed sort of like you know connected types, but there's a whole area in Tokyo where they all hang out. Um, they're big in Osaka and big in Yokohama as well. Yeah. But I just didn't go to that area because I'm actually uh, being from criminal law. I just don't want to be around that sort of. thing. No, well, it's a case of if something goes down wrong, you don't want to mess with them. Um, but you say it's funny you say that. I um I used to work in a warehouse one summer, and I remember this bloke. He just is. He's in his forties. He just split up with his missus. And he's like, he's divorced all thing. And he's like, got to move on. I'm going out. And the next week he came back, he goes, gee, things have changed. When I remember my missus used to go to the pub, you drink three beers, say g'day, you go home with her, it's it. Because now they expect you to dance. <laughs> Life just passed him by. You got to buy a chicken Kiev now. Yeah, right? now you got to go out. You got to dance. You got to, you know, they don't drink beer anymore. All these drinks. I wonder how that guy's going on Tinder now. You want me to swipe what? Yeah, I think I saw him. Um, G- um, Gable Toasty. Yeah. Gable Toasty. Oh. Is that his name? Yeah, G- yeah. Gable Toasty. Oh, he's he's an, in the court eyes of the law. He's an innocent man. Friend of a show? No. No. Nah. I, you know, he's been found. Cl- it's, yeah. It's a bit messed up, isn't it? Yeah, awful. Yeah. But, um, you know. I mean, we're not doing any live shows from the Gold Coast. <laughs> Gallows humor, mate. The key <laughs> words on this podcast are going to be sensational. <laughs> well, there you go. I think we've, it's been fun having you back, man. We'll have to podcast more often. What do you got coming up? Uh, well, in about half an hour, I'm going to my uh, to my place of work. <laughs> oh, that's true. You got to go hit the hit the works. So I'm just displaying high value for the listeners. Um, yeah. Well, it took a lot to get you in, man. You know, we had to you know, neutral coke. territory. The um, yeah, four fifty coke. <laughs> It'd be cheaper to buy other coke. Uh, I enjoyed this chat. That we, we covered it's three fun. of our favourite topics: wrestling, yep. um, Japan, and cricket. cricket. And the don't forget the yakuza. Yakuza, yeah. Shout out! No, I'm not shouting. That I'm out. really afraid of the yakuza. I thought of it. I think it was over there. It's like imagine if you were a guy in Japan who you just like tattoos, right? You're just a tattoo fan. Then you were like you're just an honest family man, and you worked in a factory, and you had an accident, and your finger got cut off. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, how fucked that would be? I think you've just written a sitcom there. <laughs> Lucky's family guy, the Yakuza. <laughs> but, um, That'd be good. So, and now, where I used to say at Leicester Diamond 28, how do they follow you on Twitter now? Oh, my Twitter now, it's just going from strength to strength now. I've changed it at Andrew Paskin. All one word? Well, one word, yeah. At Andrew Paskin. There's, so give him a follow. He occasionally has gems. There's only one, um, very occasionally, there's only one other Andrew Paskin. He wrote a karate book. Really? Yeah. Is he, where's he based? Some English bloke. Oh, an English bloke? <laughs> So big shout out! Follow is he Andrew Paskin one or are you? I don't know if he's on Twitter. This bloke. I mean, if you're doing karate, you're too busy for Twitter. Yeah, you, you, unless you, you never know. You might have deaf touch or something. Judo chop. Judo chop. 
Karate. <laughs> Great show. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Follow Lester Diamond. Uh, Andrew Paskin. <laughs> at Andrew <laughs> Paskin. Who the hell am I following? Talk about Pavlovian conditioning here. It's, we did this for a couple of years, man, and you yeah. expect me to just forget it all. I like that the fact you still you still call me that. It's yeah. good. You'll always be Lester to me. And thank you for having me. It's been nice. Any time, we'll have you back. So, fans, thank you, guys. It's been a long time since we've podcasted. For more information, follow us on Twitter at Comedy on Edge. Follow me on Twitter at MWOH44. Um, check out, yeah, check, check us out. We will have some more live shows coming up, more episodes, and yeah, you like the podcast. If it's back on iTunes, rate and review us. If it's not, seriously, I'm so fucking sick of trying to get this thing on iTunes. Fuck you, iTunes, and everything you stand for. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I've been Mark Williamson. Bloke. This has been Andrew <laughs> Paskin. See you later. Peace.